What's going on, everybody? We're back. Uh, the warm up. Um, we got a lot of sports news to talk about today. But uh, first off, CJ, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, it's finals week for us. Um, it's been a long, it's been yeah, like week, two man. finals done. Um, yeah, it's almost Friday here. Um, it's Thursday night as we're recording, <sighs> but uh, Friday is going to be a last day. I have one more final to take uh, tomorrow, so I am. Uh, not excited. I've too Absolutely not excited. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get into some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, the NBA playoffs is obviously right, right here. Uh, we're here now. Uh, plans are done. Um, the Lakers look like they're about to beat the Suns. Um, yeah, it, last Suns time and five was, or Lakers in five. I don't know about five. I'll give the Suns an extra one. I'll give them six. Um, okay. And then, but I thought the most surprising one was the Clippers going down 0-2 to the Mavericks. That was that one has been- yes, I saw that. That's crazy for me. Um, like let's, that's let's, not yeah, something you see let's every day. Let's start with this because um, the Clippers, of course, are favored in this. They actually Clippers tanked two Dallas. They tanked two games so that they don't have to play the Lakers, and they because they didn't want to play the, the Lakers or the Nuggets, so they wanted to tank two games and play the Mavs first. Um, and, and look yeah. how that's playing out for them. Yeah, this is a bad. This is really bad. This is this is bad, man. Um, yeah, it's it, it's definitely been um a kind of a roller coaster for the Clippers. I mean, the last two years, last year in the bubble, you know they they blow a three one lead to the Nuggets. Um, and uh, game one they blow a, a lead. They were leading in three for three quarters, and then Luca, well, not really Luca, but um the Mavs kind of go off. It's if I um Luca's been playing well. Uh, what I've saw is that Luca's been Luca, playing well. Porzingis, they've both been playing so well. They've been playing well. Luca, in particular, has only played well in the first three quarters. He has four points in the last two fourth quarters, which is really like something really like mind-boggling because like he's been such a initiator for the Mavs in the fourth quarter. But yeah, he yeah. only has four points in the two last two fourth quarters. But I really don't think he needs it. You know, like does he, he does really it. need to be putting up flat numbers in the fourth quarter, especially if they're leading by the way they have, you know, uh, at least so in my opinion, I don't really think he does. They're not, I mean, the last two games has been, a, I mean, except maybe for game two, the, the Mavs are up a little bit more, but uh, especially the first game, I mean, Luca did, I mean, there it was yeah. a close game and, and I think Luca has gotten them to that point um, in the, in these couple uh, games, in the first three quarters of games, he's been very good, but in the fourth, he's kind of been, very passive, kind of LeBron-like, where he's giving it to Tim Hardaway Jr., he's getting it to Dorian Finney-Smith, Kristaps Porzingis has been balling out, so he's been doing a very good job of facilitating the ball. Um, and, like, Pat Beverly putting up three points in game two? Like, what is that? It's It's, it's so, been bad. Yeah, it's been bad. It's so surprising because the Clippers are kind of this quote-unquote deep team, and, um, and you're getting... They're trash. Kind of, I mean, you're getting stuff... I'm I'm not gonna put this on Paul George or Kawhi because they've actually been balling out. Kawhi had 41 game two. Um, they're combining for like at least Kawhi had like yeah, they're combining for at least 50 to 70 points each game. So you can't really put it on those two guys. I think I'm gonna put. I mean, I don't know about you. They're two guys. Let's be right here. Yeah, let's. I'm definitely putting this on Ty Lue. I mean, this is a. a, I mean, I feel like he's just kind of going through lineups, seeing which ones work. Like, for example, Terrence Mann, mm-hmm. a guy who they played all year, he didn't play in game one. He didn't play the first three quarters of game two. And then he puts him in the fourth quarter of game four and game two. And it's like, 
I feel like he just thrown stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And um, that's not a good recipe for a playoff team at all. Um, yeah, I mean, who do, who do you – Who are you blaming for the Clippers, uh, Clippers downfall right now? Honestly, the bench. The bench has not been playing good at all because when you look at it, like Pat Beverly coming off the bench, you only going to put up two points, three points. You know, and your secondary guys in your rotation, you're going to – those are the guys that need to – put up the points, keep up the defense, and you're letting go of these leads when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, have to go sit on the bench to rest up after combining for what you said, like 72 points. So I think to blame for this downfall is A, the coaching, and B, the bench, because you guys need to be better about that. Because there's no excuse of why you should be able to blow such a fat lead. It was like it was like 15 points or some shit. Yeah, Um They've been blowing leads left and right all year, and this is just not surprising. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to to watch honestly because I feel like I really yeah. don't believe Kawhi is a top five player in the world. Um, I think his two way like he's the best two way player in basketball for sure. Maybe even he's probably up there with Michael Jordan, with um, with Kobe in terms of two way players like who can defend and score. Um, and it just sucks that he's like, they just can't get it together. I mean, I don't know what it is. I really don't. Um, yeah, Clippers, I don't even know what to say. Like, I think they're going to get swept. I don't know about you, but I, it looks from the way they've been playing, it looks like they're going to get swept. Just Talking about honest. another team that's going to get swept, the Heat, they've been playing so bad. Yeah, they just lost Jimmy tonight. Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler has been putting his heart and soul on the campus, like, putting in the paint, right? Yeah. And they can't get it done. Tyler Hero is not the, the bubble Tyler Hero that we saw. Definitely took a step back. Where do you predict – or where do you predict that they go from here, you know? Um, like, do you there, think this is a sweep? Do you think it's this, over? Do you think it's a game? It's 113. Like, tonight's game was 113 to 84. That is embarrassing. It's different. That is them. absolutely fucking weird. It's different with the Mavericks. Jimmy Butler yeah. put up 20 points. Bam put up 17. Ariza put up none. Duncan Robinson put up two. Like, and you know how many Tyler Hero put up? He put up nine. And then you go to the Bucks. Giannis put up 17. Middleton put up 22. Jay Holiday put up 19. My boy. Yep. Like, what is this shit? You know, even their bench is playing good. So, 113 to 84, that's embarrassing. These are the same heat, the same heat that we saw in the bubble go to the finals. Granted, they lost. It was like, it was 4-2, but still, you went to the finals last year, and now you're about to get sweeped in the first round. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Especially when you have almost the same exact lineup. It's embarrassing. Um well, here's the thing. I, I think not enough people are giving the Bucks credit here. Like the Bucks have been quietly the best, one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, yeah, 100%. I think. I don't know. But I, I don't think it's enough to win a championship. I don't know. I mean, I think that the Bucks this year have been efficient. Um, I think Giannis has played not as great as his other MVP years, but he's kind of been learning to take let everybody else kind of take on the role. And he's, he's kind of been more of a big man this year, which is really different from past years where he was initiating offense. Yeah. 
No, the Heat. He um, has, he's based, or he's embraced his big man role this year. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. And I and I think there. I think the Heat. Um, you know, it was just a bad matchup to start off. I mean, this year's iteration of the Bucks. I mean, with Holiday, um, as a guy who could score and, again, two way player that can score and play defense is and something. Jay, that, he was on fire, like yeah, the first part of the season. And he and it's not like um Eric like Eric Bledsoe was strictly a one like a one way guy and if his shot wasn't going in like there there was no way he was gonna contribute, um and I think it's totally different this year with Drew Holiday he's a diff, different animal, guy could score guy could pass do all those things, um and yeah and the Bucks have just been kind of oh, on a Jay. roll quietly on a roll and um if they could I mean I think they're gonna close it out in four but I think they I think I'm next not, game is uh, if, um, that's a close. I wouldn't be surprised if the um, the Heat got one. Yeah, if the Heat got one, it's still embarrassing, but it's not as bad as getting swept. There is something I want to talk about because this game's about to end, and I'm pretty sure it's on, I'm pretty sure it's over right now. The Phoenix Suns versus the Lakers. The Suns played an amazing game in Game One. Game Two was all a flop in eighty, and I'm going to keep saying that injuring Suns players. Pushing Chris Paul to the floor so he gets a spaz in his arm so he can't really shoot the way he wants to. And then in game three, doing the same shit and flopping, falling on the floor, acting like this is outrageous. And now you win game two and go up – or now you win game three and go up 2-1 in the series. I want to know, like from your perspective, how has the Lakers kind of rough playing, flopping all over the floor, drawing fouls, or drawing fouls in the paint, uh, playing into their success for this series and possibly playing to the sex uh, success to move on. Well, I mean, I think they're definitely a veteran team. They know how to to trigger the refs, when to, you know, draw fouls and things of that nature. How to? I'm I'm not gonna say hurt, but he, they they're veterans. You know, they know the ins and outs of this game. You Guys kick someone in the LeBron. dick while he goes up for a shot. Like, come yeah, on. yeah. I mean, that's that's terrible. But I I think you know the Lakers are. I think regardless, they're gonna they're gonna win this series. I was gonna say seven. I think the seven, Lakers. But, I think the Lakers want it so bad that they're just willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, and I think I mean just be honest. I mean the Sun, the Lakers are the more talented team in this series. Yeah. Um, I thought the Suns because of the way they play, because of Devin Booker, because of Chris Paul, I thought they were gonna get it to seven. After watching tonight, I think it's gonna be six. I mean, they they yeah. dominated the second half. They scored. They outscored them um, in the second quarter. So there, the Suns were up one the first. And then uh, the Lakers uh, had a point differential of four in the second quarter, 10 in the third, and then one in the fourth. Um, just a really great game. It just shows me that they're, they're, they they made adjustments that were great. LeBron, um, you know, as it much as I hate to say it, I mean, the guy's, the guy's a beast. I mean, I don't know what – Yeah. There's, nothing, there's sure. nothing that they could do. I mean, the Suns, they are a great story. They are um, an extremely well-coached team. I think Chris Paul has helped them so much. Um, but you know, they're just not there yet. And that's okay. I mean, Devin Booker, 19 points, 41 minutes. That's not great at all. Um, no, no, but, um, you know, Chris Paul's hurt. Um, Deandre Ayton, I think is probably the best player on the Suns right now. Um, he's 22 and 11. The guy's been really good, really good. he's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's, that's it. it. But here's my problem. Like the Lakers, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's every team that LeBron's on. I don't know if it's the superstar talent that he has around them. 
but I I know you said because they're a veteran team, they know how to trigger the refs, but it seems like the refs just suck LeBron off so hard with like every foul and charge and whatever it may be when he collapses to the floor. It's like oh, we know every this. ref off him. No, I know. And th- know this has this. been the story for years. Yeah. But it's just so frustrating to watch. Like this is how we're going to watch the playoffs this year and every fucking playoffs before that. Come on, man. Like it's just infuriating. Like we got to get over it. And what about, you know, LeBron just holding this fat party for whatever it was, violating every NBA protocol and then not getting in trouble for it. But we saw it with Harden. He got suspended like five or six games. But you can't do that to your star player in the NBA. Like, you got to hold the same standards. Like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah, accountability I, needs to be held in the NBA. And we can't hold it because you're on playoff season. Because you'll lose some views. But overall, you're just losing your credibility as a league. It's just fucking annoying. Yeah. Especially because you did it to James Harden, who was almost – not almost as big as a superstar, but a pretty damn – big superstar in this league they yeah sh- it just it's just hard man like it's I, so frustrating to watch it's, it's lebron i mean in terms of i'll speak on the lebron part i mean i feel like this has been the lebron treatment for years i mean this is ever since he's been with miami i feel like this is how he's treated um but at the same time you know I, regardless of that happening i think the lakers move on i think they're gonna either play but it's like it affects the sport no yeah for sure, yeah, I, I definitely feel feel you on that. I think that's my only problem is that it just affects the sport. I think they're gonna move on. They're gonna they're gonna play Portland or Denver. Uh, probably Portland. Uh, Denver looks kind probably of gassed Portland. with Jamal Murray being out and Jokic is playing big minutes, which I think in the past hasn't really served him well. So, um, yeah, and then we have I think the most com- to me the most compelling uh, series has been the Knicks and the Hawks. Um, it's giving me mm-hmm. a lot of Reggie Miller, Pacers, Knicks vibes from back in the nineties. Um, Trey young is, I mean, I love Trey young. I mean, I, a lot of people don't like him. I love him. I mean, the guy, I love Trey young. I think he's a baller and he gets that work done. I, I love Trey. Young. I love I Trae think young. He's, I've always loved Trey young. Yeah. I definitely do. Trey young to me has been probably one of the best rising stars for sure. Like he's been, he's been, uh, he's been exciting to grow i like i agree with you there yeah he's i mean regardless if they win i think he's gonna be a bigger star than he was uh for the past couple seasons i mean a lot of people have been complaining about his um his kind of uh what do you call it he he does this thing when he comes off a pick and roll he'll like stop and then he'll like shoot it but like he'll back into you a little bit I feel like that's such a everybody comes complaining about it but it's like yo if you're just in front of him that doesn't happen I mean, I've said this, like, this is my unpopular opinion. Like, if you step in front of Trey Young, he can't do a lot of the things he, I mean, you want, like, he can do. Um, he's actually not that great of a three-point shooter. Like, Steph Curry is a good three-point shooter, like, efficiently a three-point shooter. Trey Young needs, like, 10, 11, 12 threes to get going. And you know what? If I'm if I'm the Knicks, like, I'll take my chances with Trey Young shooting, jacking up 14 threes and making maybe three or four, five maybe um over the fact like over uh him shooting free throws and where he's like 90 percent like I'd, I'd much rather see trey young I would, I'd, I'd dare him to shoot threes at, i mean at this point i mean it's gonna get him a lot to get going but hey i take that risk if i'm the knicks um but julius randall i mean he's not even i'm not gonna lie he's been kind of the, the weak link on the knicks right now derrick rose and alec burks have been really good 
Um, and Julius Randle hasn't shown up really. Even in game two, he didn't really show up. Um, what did you What do you think about the Knicks uh, and the Hawks series so far? I think the New York Knicks and like the energy around it is playing a big part in the series. Madison, sorry, Madison, Matt. Sorry, my just been really tired recently. Anyways, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, MSG has just been absolutely crazy to like see and to hear the sideline reports of it being super loud and the energy of the crowd is like feeding off of everything that we've seen so far. I've got to say, I think the Knicks, even though they will have to travel to, you know, a different place overall, I think that, you know, they're going to have to travel to Atlanta. I don't think that's going to change the energy in the way that they play and how they change their gameplay because Julius Randle, let it be known, Julius Randle has played super well throughout the series. He's also played super well throughout, you know, his career, the season. I think Julius Randle and the New York Knicks will really pull off something special unless Trey Young can pull something out with his team. But overall, in my opinion, I think what's going to happen here is, unfortunately, I think, well, not unfortunately, but I think for a long time coming for Knicks fans, their dreams are finally going to come true. And I think it's going to happen because here's the thing. Trey Young, uh, Bodogovich, you know, John Collins, Chris Dunn, all great players, but against the New York Knicks this year, I just think the Knicks are really pulling out something special. And I think it's going to be like the Phoenix Suns last year where they went on their, you know, Cinderella run. And I really do see that for the Knicks this season. And I'm kind of excited, to be honest. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I can't even remember the first time I was genuinely excited to see a Knicks game, let alone the Knicks in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely so see that. I, I, I definitely have um, – I definitely have the Knicks taking this one. Whether it's in seven or whether it's in six is up for debate. But, like, in my personal opinion, I'm super excited to see where this goes. Like, Super excited, especially with R.J. Barrett. And, I mean, even though Derrick Rose hasn't been playing the greatest, he's still putting up great points. And it's D. Rose, and that's what people like to see. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with you there. I think the Knicks hype is great. It's great for the league, honestly, the Knicks. I mean, when the Knicks are winning, we've usually Because they've always been that league. team, you know what I mean? They've been the Lakers of the East. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, was, in terms of branding, yeah. been the Lakers of the East. Um. Which kind of brings us to my because name. if you don't go to LA, where are you gonna go? Like, where's the other big name city? Exactly. New York Knicks. I, In recent years, it, it became uh, the Nets, but still. Yeah, it's still Knicks town for sure. Uh, I saw the chance yesterday. So, which but the crowd is something I do want to get to because a big problem we've had in the past couple of days, really in the past couple of years. Um, has been fan interference, and um, yesterday in the Knicks Hawks game, uh, Trey Young was uh, there was a it was caught on video where a fan spit on Trey Young. I mean, it didn't spit hit. on Trey Young. That's it, disgusting, man. Yeah, that is disgusting. Um, it like, didn't that's hit Trey. Absolutely, but disgusting. I mean, it's really out of line. Um, and then we had um in the uh, Sixers and the Wizards game. Russell Westbrook was injured going back to the tunnel to get treatment and a fan pours popcorn like on his head. That was to me also very disgusting. I mean, 
It's not like a fight broke out or anything. Do you he think the players? What, what's up? Do you really think that like the players have a right to go do something to these no. fans or say whatever they want they back, or do you think stuff. they just need to keep their head down and keep going? I think they could say stuff, but mm-hmm. to go in the stands that would warrant something like a fight. Like that's the only re- way I could see them, um, like actually having the right to go into the stands. Like kind of. Um, I mean, the malice in the palace with the Pacers, Ron Artest went up in the stands. I think that, that was a lot. crazy. That one was very misinterpreted. Uh, um, I think that was uh, also a very different era, you know? Yeah, very different era. It's it's different. But um, also, we got uh, in Utah, John Morant was walking back towards the tunnel and uh, a fan was yelling racial slurs at him, which, of course, again, very out of line. Um, I'll bring up some more examples too. I mean, this is not from this past year in particular, but Russell Westbrook also went to Utah. Someone said something about another racial slur was said at him. He went to uh, Philly where a guy like got in his face, threw middle fingers at him. He went to Denver. Same thing happened. Um, I think it's, I mean, I think this has been a problem for the NBA. Um, How would you solve the kind of the issues with uh, fan interference? Like what, if you're the commissioner, what do you do? And what do you say? I think it all comes down to punishment, really, because there needs to be like different levels of this shit. Because you can't just have fans thinking they can do whatever they want. The NFL is a little bit different, you know. It's harder to like um, catch these fans. It's a bigger stadium, you know. It's harder to, you know, pinpoint where it's coming from. But in the NBA, you're a little bit closer. The stadiums are a little bit smaller. People are, you know, easier to rat other people out. You know, football. Their fans are super tight. They won't rat out shit. But, like, NBA fans, they just want to see the game played. So they'll have no problem snitching on, you know, another fan, another brother, whatever it is. But if I'm the commissioner, you know, I think I'm really going to take a stand. Like, if I'm Adam Silver, like, I'm really going to take a stand and be like, we'll ban you. We'll fine you. You can't come back. You can't come back to any games. Like, there has to be, like, a lifetime ban, something, like, on the degree of what they do. Like, we can ban you from the stadium. You know, if it's like a small offense, but if it's a big offense, like you're banned from any NBA event, you can't go here, you can't go there. Like you, you have to be blacklisted for sure, because a spitting on someone during a pandemic is absolutely unacceptable. Right, throwing, you know, popcorn at people when they're injured, like when they're injured, then walking back, like that's unacceptable. That is horrible behavior. You know, but like here's the thing: the racial slurs. You know, people saying, fuck you, you're a bitch. Like, what happened with uh, the lady back in the NBA Finals with LeBron? Like, LeBron, you're a pussy-ass bitch or whatever she said. Like, those could just, you know, those could just be different types of suspensions because it's not, like, physical type, you know, deal. Even though racial slurs should never be allowed in any sports event, any sports culture, whatever it may be. But unfortunately, people are racist. You know, you go to certain states that are predominantly white and have different viewpoints and don't exactly want you there. Unfortunately, like those are states that you have to go play in. Um, Definitely like racial slurs, F-bombs that are super out of pocket. Like, you know, if you're like, oh, you fucking suck. Like that doesn't deserve a ban. But if you're like, you're a pussy ass bitch. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself, your family, you know, like whatever it is, like call the person the N word. Like that needs to be held more accountable. Like that deserves like stadium suspension, time away, like 
even like a small charge or something because like that cannot be tolerated you can't let people think that they have you know the power to do whatever they want and say whatever they want even though yeah we live in america and like free speech but you know that doesn't always apply to what you're talking about sometimes right you know how free can you be when you call someone you know like the n-word yeah because here's the thing they're not gonna say i mean they're they're saying it because they know there's a security guard in front of them they know that if the player actually approaches them, someone's going to stop it. They're protected. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if Russell Westbrook was walking down the street, no one's throwing popcorn in his face. Like, let's be real. 6'3", big dude, no one's doing that. My main thing is, if, I mean, I've I've always wondered, what if... I would throw got, a fashion hat in his way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've always wondered, like, what if we just <laughs> moved the... <laughs> what if we just moved the the sideline and not whether well, you know where the fans sit right they're right on the sideline yeah yeah what if we just move them back 10 feet like also like you paid ten thousand dollars for that ticket just to spit on someone to get banned like how dumb are you that's what i'm saying like wow i don't i never understood why fans in the nba are that close like i get it there's you know the whole like proximity to the player is kind of cool but like if we're talking about safety and things like that, like they don't need to be directly behind Trey Young. That's that's something I've never understood. Like, but it's definitely I I think it's different because it gives people a different experience. Like baseball, you have to have a net, and you're not right behind those players, and you're right above. Like when you sit on their um dugout line, like you're right above it. So it's not like you can crawl over and you know talk to them because you know back in the day you could like if it's the 80s or even the 90s you can't do that now like. You'll definitely get thrown out of the stadium. And the NFL is different. You know, like you're almost like 10 feet up uh, from where you are, like on the sideline. And you can't just like talk to the players like that, you know. So it's definitely – I think it's definitely the experience of why you're so close to those players. But it does cause a lot of trouble. Right. And, and yeah, I- you could be a bystander on the sideline for like a game, but it, that's only pregame and postgame. I'm pretty We've sure. seen this also with like injuries just in general, like – I remember when um, Shaq dove into the stands. I mean, if someone like Bruh. if someone's like paralyzed they and they can't get up, like if someone's in a wheelchair, Shaq don't be on the definitely hurt them. Like, I'm just thinking like from a from a safety perspective, maybe we could do something where, because I don't want to put a glass around like you know the court. Like that would be stupid. Um, but you could we could definitely I think do that's something even worse. Now. Yeah, I think that'd be terrible. Like an MB, like a Shaquille O'Neal, you know, Chris Tapp Porzingis, you know, falls on like a Make a Wish kid. You know, that's not good. That's never good. And I think, like, how do you justify that as like the league? Yeah, exactly. And I think if you just push them back a little, don't put the Make a Wish kids right there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was the play with Dennis Rodman where he like dives into like he's diving like floor first into the stands to grab a loose ball. And like, hey, you remember? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. My bad. I, I was just gonna say, like, it's it's just like, bro, like, someone's gonna get hurt. There's too many fan interact. Mm. I mean, you could just move them back, even five feet. Um, like, give them a little space to to operate. That's my thing. But yeah, I definitely agree with you that um, for sure, I, the play, the fans they they can't be doing that shit. Like, you can't be taught. Like, you can't be. Do you remember throwing when fucking popcorn hit his fucking head, dude? Wait, on like the again? camera and it like cut his head open during the final. Do you oh. remember when that happened? Like yeah, 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 you're talking yeah. about these people being so close. Bruh, man's cut his head on like someone's camera. 
during the yeah. finals or some shit. Yeah, and like, like yeah, like I, I agree with you there. Like, you gotta push it back a little bit. It's a little bit. Yeah. Like, I definitely get the fan experience. Yeah. Like, there's no other. There's nothing. Yeah, a hundred percent courtside. And plus, the celebrities who come courtside, like that's a great thing to have. But at the same time, it's like you got. How do you even get courtside, bro? Like, I'm not trying to drop ten bands to sit courtside. Dude, 10 bands is pretty like 10 bands will get you like on the Thunder's floor. If you want to go to the Lakers game, that's like a cool 50. At least. But I'm not dropping 10 bands to go sit on like the sideline, dude. Like they have to have some type of raffle where they raffle off like two tickets. You might be able like, to get a 50 bucks. Something generous. Like if you wanted to go watch the Cavs, maybe it's like six. <laughs> Poverty that no, Nate. I'm still not dropping six bands on the fucking Cavs. It's the Cavs, bro. Come on now. Maybe Cavs paces games. It's uh six. They're trash. Um, but yeah, the NBA NBA uh gotta do something with that. Next thing we want to talk about, NBA related kind of controversy. Kwame Brown uh has been literally on fire for two weeks. Um he started off. I mean, He's let's give shots. I'll I'll give the backstory. So um Jeannie Buss was on the All the Smoke podcast with uh, Matt Barnes and uh, Steven Jackson. Uh, they talked about the Pau Gasol trade back in 07 that um, Kwame Brown was a part of. And I think Steven and Matt kind of had a, a re- they had like a little sly remark. They said uh, when Jeannie was like, yeah, we traded Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol. They basically, were, they said, uh, nah, y'all just got Pau Gasol for free. Um, and that kind of sp- like insinuating that, Pau, you know, Kwame Brown doesn't, is not a good player and then on the next podcast gilbert arenas was on and he talked about how you know Kwame just didn't fit the organization he wasn't um the guy they needed at that time to win a championship and that kind of that was kind of the last straw for Kwame. he went on a big rant where he attacked matt barnes um said something about his kids about his wife um called him becky with the good hair which is hilarious but he basically called steven jackson a fake uh he called him a fake not a protester. Uh, what do you call those? Activists. He called him a fake activist. Um, and yeah, then I call him a fake activist. When the media started reacting to it, because it was a big story for a couple of days, uh, Stephen A. chimed in, Chris Broussard, guys yeah. like that. Uh, he basically went off on all of them. Uh, he called. He said he would fight Stephen A. Um, he said he would fight Chris Broussard. He said he would fight uh, a lot of these media people. Uh, the only guy who he really appreciated was Jalen Rose who defended him. Um, but here's my thing. It's like, dude. Stephen A would win. I'd take Stephen A. But here's the thing. It's like, dude. Stephen A any fucking day of the week. You suck. Like, not as a person, <laughs> but as a fucking player. Like, you were ass. Like, come on. You were the number one overall pick, right? You're the number one overall pick. The number one overall pick, at the very least, should be an, a multiple-time All-Star um, who maybe couldn't get a championship, but could get his team to the playoffs, right? That's a number one pick. This dude averaged like eight points a game as a number one pick. I got to I got Exactly. Um, he was literally terrible. So he goes from the Wizards. Michael Jordan literally mm-hmm. cusses him out every day. <laughs> he's a six. His, he's his trash. Is, he played in 607 games, averaged, tw- <laughs> averaged 22 minutes a game, averaged six points and five rebounds as a number one pick. Six, for the number one pick, six points. That's a Jamarcus Russell. At the most, he averaged ten point nine points. That was his best year, ten point nine. That and, uh, yeah. So he's Jamarcus Russell of the NBA. Yeah, 
and you have like okay it's one thing when you're just kidding right like if he was just kidding about this stuff i don't give a fuck it's kind of funny actually but he's so serious he's t- he's going yeah. like on tangents saying i'm gonna fight people because they're they're saying these stuff yeah things about me and it's like bro they're just talking about your game you are a bust that's that's i mean exactly that's your fault honestly i mean the 2001 draft um it was like i believe there was like Pau gasol was in it um it was a lot of guys in there and kwame goes number one um now i'm not i won't lie michael jordan made a fucking terrible choice Ty, tyson chandler was in it joe johnson zach randolph um tony parker gilbert arenas just a bunch of like dogs in that draft right and i'm not gonna lie kwame brown was awful and the Wizards shouldn't have picked him up. Yeah. Dude, you're a number one pick. Like, what do you expect people to do? I'm going to read a tweet out real quick. Like, bro. Exactly. So I'm going to read a tweet out real quick for all our listeners. So it was all for the Kwame responding to his critics, but it's really gotten too far. Like, no one's attacking your character. They were critiquing your game as it pertains to you being the first overall pick and draft, being one of the biggest draft busts ever. That's on you. So for our listeners, you might not know who that tweet comes from, but Nathan, you know who that tweet comes from. Oh, that was my tweet. And that's like, bro. That was Nathan's tweet. It's just so And everything you highlighted in this tweet, you've highlighted here. And I just wanted to bring it up because I think that you're 100% right. Like Kwame Brown, you're averaging, what, we said six points? Six Per points. game. Six points per game, 22 minutes. That's like Jamarcus Russell. So Jamarcus Russell, I think, played in three seasons, and he barely touched the or barely touched the NFL field. And the Raiders gave him blank tapes to study, and he said that he watched them and studied blitz packages on those tapes, but he didn't know that they were empty because he was lazy. Kwame Brown was the same way; he just couldn't translate talent. Why he went number one overall? Because we can't even know now. Like none of us remember why. It's just oh my god! So he, this guy, you can't be mad that you suck. Like you have to admit that you were sucked. bad. Like Jamarcus Russell even admits he's bad. Johnny Manziel even admits that he he couldn't put his talent because he was too biggy, you know, too busy playing with the girls in Vegas rather than playing on the or playing on the NFL field. Like let's be real here. Uh, if you suck and you know you suck and that you were a draft bust, like you have to own up to it. Let's, let's like Johnny Mandel, you went number one overall to the Browns, and you stuck to absolute shit. Like, also, I'm sorry. I also want to remind people about this. Kwame Brown played with uh, just a few names that he played with. Uh, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Allen Super Iverson, um, Stephen Curry. Superstar talent. Superstar talent. The Toronto Raptors. Uh, Jalen Rowe. Chris Bosh. Again, solid player. Superstar talent. Um, and you... You played with like that's five guys who's gonna be who are gonna be put up six points. And you put up six points. Like, dude, you can't put six points, maybe ten. You cannot tell me that you like don't deserve criticism. You definitely deserve you deserve credit anything that has to do with basketball. Every piece of smoke that comes to you. Yes. Now it would be different if Matt Barnes said he's a shitty father or if he's a shitty person or uh because then you're attacking like his outside life. Like you're attacking something that yeah like anything related to basketball which i definitely disagree no one should do that no journalist should do that no nobody in the media should do that but matt barnes literally is talking about your playing career bro you gotta like calm down like honestly you're 
just own up to it, man. You're you were awful. You're bad. You were really bad. Terrible. You're uh, if if Anthony Bennett didn't exist, the number one overall, the be- the biggest NBA draft bust would be Kwame Brown. If there was no Anthony Bennett, it'd be Kwame Brown, hands down. Like it's it's just yeah, it, it was a, it was bad. Uh, where do you stand on like uh, attacking people's character? Do you think uh, sports like the media should be nah, man. talking about uh, nah. personal life? It depends on what you do. Like let's be real, like you can't. You have to separate like what constitutes attacking and what constitutes um, like bringing your bad self to light. Because I can think of like a lot of you know like Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, he murked two guys. Went to go play a full season in NFL. Then he murked his sister, or he murked his wife's sister's boyfriend because he looked at him funny. So like you can put him on blast and be like, yeah, he was a horrible person for what he did. But like, if you're just attacking someone's character, so say you went up and like Steph Curry's a piece of shit and his wife sucks and like all this other shit, and you were like attacking his family and his kids, like that's not okay, you know. But like, if you know, if if those people who were talking on the podcast, like you said, were like, oh, like we got a free player, and he sucks as a person, oh, and like he's a bad father to his children, and like he doesn't treat his family right, like that's not okay. That's not information you share. But if you're talking about like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm talking about tight ends. You know, um, Tim Tebow, he's a tight end. Guess what? He he's gonna wear the number that Aaron Hernandez wore to honor him. But Aaron Hernandez wasn't a great guy. Do we think that he should do that? No, because he murdered someone. Like that's different. Yeah. Okay. Like we definitely have to draw the line of where we talk about like bad light and your piece of shit. You know. Exactly. I, yeah. It, I definitely think. As so a- I don't. I don't think it constitutes anywhere that you should attack someone's personal life, family, character. But if you did do like horrific stuff, and I'm gonna keep using Aaron Hernandez as an example. You know, like that's not okay. Of course, even if it's not like, horrific stuff, like if even if you get arrested, even if it's just like, yeah, like if you if you're going through a breakup, like that's if it, my thing is like if you let it get out into the public, then that you know if it's on camera, if it's if you're caught on a mic, hot mic, if you're caught, I don't know, you like, know, like Kareem Hunt beating his girlfriend. Yeah, or maybe maybe he beat a woman in the elevator. I don't know. I yeah. don't remember. I mean, like, if it if it gets out, like, then it's out. Then we have yeah. to talk about it. But like, if it's something where, like, okay, we're like me and you are on TV, and like I just bring up out of nowhere that, like, Carson Wentz is cheating on his girlfriend, like that would be out of line to me. Like that's like nothing to do with sports. Um, yeah. And like that's not something that I would share because it didn't come. Like it's not public. That's where it's out of line. But yeah, Kwame to me, like, dude. You gotta chillax. I mean, you're talking about fighting Stephen A. Smith. You're talking about fighting like media guys. Like, dude, chill. I mean, and I hate, I hate when people do this. It's like he talked about uh, how the media has been holding down black men when there's actual issues holding it down black men, and this is not, <laughs> this is not one of them. Like, yeah, like yeah. really, t- this isn't one of them. Like, there's actually there's real issues you could be talking about where like people are being held down by the system and like you being a bust has nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. And (laughs) don't say that. Just don't. Also, we put, we put like half of the NBA, actually not half. We put like majority of the NBA superstars on like a pedestal 
to like use as an example to the youth, you know, James Harding, KD, LeBron, Stephen Curry, yeah, Giannis, even Russell Westbrook. Like these are players that we put on a pedestal and people like admire and love. Like these are black men who are effectively breaking, you know, your societal problems that you're talking about, but you're mad because you're a number one overall pick who couldn't produce more than 15 points per season. Right. Or average 15 yeah. points per season. It's like, it's, that's not that that's not it. It's like, it, to me, it's like borderline disgusting. Like why? Like that's so selfish to do to me. Like you, there's nothing, there's nothing in this situation where you could take it and be like, Oh yeah. You know, the, the media is tearing down black men. Like, no, it's sports. This is that you were a bust, except yeah. you're a bust. And just let, like, if people are going to criticize you, you just got to take that. You were a public, he, this guy was getting paid. I think Stephen A said he got paid $60 million in his career. Like, dude, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you could, he could start his own podcast today and Barstool would probably buy it for $3 million. Like, it's not like yeah. we're taking, no one's taking away his money. No one's doing none of that stuff. Like we're just we're just talking about. Do you relate this to the Floyd Mayweather comment during the Logan Paul press conference where he was like, "It's always about color," like this is a this is a battle between color. Uh, yeah. Like, do you put it on the same level as like bad comments about race and color in sports? Not ex- well, not exactly with that one because I feel like that's an act. Like he's just acting. Same thing with Kobe Covington talking about how LeBron's a bitch. Go MAGA, all that stuff. I think with the fight game, I think it's definitely different because people for sure play a role like WWE style, like they'll play a role. Kwame is serious. Like this is as serious as it can get. I mean, he's not joking. He's been really on this tangent um, for a couple of weeks. I think Floyd, no, nah, I don't agree with Floyd. I definitely don't agree with Floyd at all, but I definitely do think Floyd is doing an act. It's not real. I don't think, I, to be honest with you, I don't think the Paul fights are r- really real, but, uh, you know, that's a discussion for two guys when ring, which you guys should check out. Spotify, Apple Podcast, just released an interview yesterday. Check it out. Shameless plug. But let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic here. The MLB season, uh, we've been ta- we've been touching on it here and there, but um, it's been pretty exciting. I mean, I've, I've really liked uh, – this season so far great pitching i mean we both went to game you went to a giants game right yeah i went to a giants game yep i was i also was at the giants game i, I saw them play the dodgers and uh it was just really fun to see mookie best play like i've seen him play twice yeah now. you told me about that yeah it's been dude it was it was awesome i've you know i missed the opportunity to ever see mookie Betts play especially when he was on the red Sox, and like I that makes it. me really sad I saw him play the A's uh, in 2019, and he was – dude, this guy is, like, next level. I mean, he – the way he tracks down balls in, in the outfield is, is amazing. But the way, like – he's just a smart – he's a smart player. Um, he's a smart player, man. He's just so crafty. Like, I, I love I love watching Mookie play. Um, I love I'll him. always take – I'm going to say that to my grandkids because I, lo- I literally love it's watching It's literally – you know what sucks? It's literally, like, watching – Babe Ruth get traded all over again. I wasn't alive when that happened, but you know the Red Sox curse is Babe Ruth. Yeah, Mookie Betts is Babe Ruth part two. Which is, it hurts, man. It hurts. I don't know if you see the stats, but statistically, Mookie Betts is like a little notch, a little notch below Mike Trout, and Mike mm-hmm. Trout is the best player we've seen in thirty years. So 
exactly like, to say that like like to see mookie in person is just amazing um did you see the uh also you... go ahead go ahead all right i'll go ahead um also okay. the fucking food was goddamn expensive, go ahead. bro like god the jazz game's always expensive yeah dude the a's i thought hey, but you know expensive. what they're their garlic fries are fire, dude. I kept, I got, and they don't eat, and half of their food isn't even open, which sucks. Yeah, like, have you noticed that their their lobster roll place is absolute fuego, and it wasn't fucking open. It was closed, right? Yeah, you know, it's right next to the. Um, it's like on the back half of the park where, uh, like where if the ball goes into the marina, like into the bay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was so it's over there, and it's, it's a lobster roll place, and they fire food the and only, there's like a mexican place for an next so good the only thing i hate about um like going to uh to giants games is that like it's always cold at seven o'clock it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's summer spring it's fall always cold it's cold sucks. as balls it was so cold but it the day started at 75 and then it hit seven o'clock and it was just 55 like it was like 40 degrees yeah it's so cold um but yeah i, I mean this this season's been great um I've I've really liked watching uh uh Guerrero from uh, uh Blue Jays. Um he's he's my mm. MVP right now. He's been I've been watching his highlights every night. Bro. The guy's amazing. Um Yeah, the, the A's are in first place in the ALS, dude. Can we talk about these standings real quick? Like yeah. they've changed so much. Boston's yeah. in second, Tampa's in first for the AL East. Obviously the White Sox, you know, one of your favorite teams, AL Central, first place. This is where it gets, you know, difficult. The NL West is probably one of the most tough divisions. It is probably the toughest division, in my opinion. Padres, 32 and 19. LA Dodgers, 31 and 19. San Francisco, 30 and 20. San Francisco, two weeks ago, or like a week ago, we've talked about this, was number one. And running away with number one. In running away with number one. And in a span of a week, in a span of a week and a half, the Padres are now back on top. The Dodgers are in second, and San Francisco's in third, which means that if the season ended today, Dodgers and San Diego obviously have the number one, or obviously have the higher seeds to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. This is why this see this is one of the things I hate about baseball. Like we've talked about this, if the season ended today, the Giants have a better record than the Cardinals, who are in first place, and exactly. the Mets, who are in first place. That's crazy. Like to have the top three teams being in one division, and then one of them is not. Maybe two. Well, not definitely not two, but may, definitely one of yeah. them is not going to be in the playoffs come postseason. That's crazy to me. Um, my my surprise. I mean, the Mets have been great. I love watch. I love watching the Mets. I mean, they're like the they're like kind of like the Cubs, where it's just like you know, like yeah. they're like an awful like organization, but like and if we rank it, them. and if we rank it, okay. So if you rank the MLB, it's like overall best team in the like in all of MLB. If you check the top five, almost all of the teams, the top three teams from the NL West are in the top five. Dodge or San Diego's first, Dodgers second, Tampa Bay is third, Boston's fourth, the Giants clocking at fifth. The best teams in all of Major League, the NL West has three of them. That is fucking absurd. That is absurd. It's crazy. But because of the division that they play in, if the season ended today, the the Dodgers and the Giants would be battling it out in wild card. That's Think literally about that. insane. I mean, 
That is fucking crazy. Let's. I mean, I want to. I want to. I would like to say about the Red Sox, our Red Sox. I mean, our Red Sox, so hot. But the I will say the Yankees have been seven and three in the last ten. The Rays are nine and one. The Rays are fucking killing it. Not gonna lie. The Red Sox though, we've been kind of dipping. Not gonna lie, we've been kind of dipping. We're, we've been we're, dipping a little bit, but if we just keep our, you know, we just keep going, the Yankees don't have to be on our ass. I have a personal beef with the Yankees. I yeah. have a personal beef with the Yankees ever since we traded Mookie. I've also had a personal beef with the Yankees for another reason that I will not disclose on the show. But other than that, fuck the Yankees, Boston Red Sox. Just please Boston do Red not Sox fall into day, that baby. number three spot. A, a guy that you know, a team that never gets credit. I mean, they're awful, but. They have so much like to me. They have two of the biggest generational players ever. The Angels. The Angels. I knew you were gonna talk about the, the Angels. Angels, dude. Bro, dude. Otani, bro. Have you been watching Otani? Otani's bro. fucking killing it. He's crazy. Otani's killing. Otani just Otani pitches seven innings and goes into the outfield and then hits a home run. Dude, this guy is killing it. Like this dude is crazy. This might be the best. The the Angels might have two two of the best players like ever. I'm not talking Ohtani's- about fucking crazy right now dude this guy he's been so beautiful to watch it's been awesome to watch Um, you know what's better you know what's better about otani what this man otani bro so otani absolute fucking legend man rod bart did you see that shit no what happened he was just riding bart that he's asian no did you read that shit I did not, but I did read an article last year in Sports Illustrated where he, they said that he literally would – he lives across the street from the Angels practice facility, and all he does is walk to practice, go home, and sleep. All and That's all he does. Doesn't go to the club. Doesn't go to, uh, like, concerts. Doesn't fucking drink. He just goes Bro. to practice and goes home. I'm going to pull this crazy. up for you because this shit's crazy as fuck. Hold up. Like, I don't know how uh, – I'm going to read this shit bad. to you. Okay, there was an accident on the Bay Bridge, so the Angels team bus couldn't make it to Oakland, so they had to take Bart, but there was an issue. Otani didn't have enough time to get ready for his start, so it got pushed back, but Otani was still on Bart. That's hilarious. I love Otani. Bro. I love this guy. How old is he? Otani, okay, so A, Otani's probably one of the best players because he's, he's a pitcher. And he'll just go in the outfield, but he hits bombs like it's nobody's fucking business. And he's, I know this is going to sound racist, but he's Asian. And he's putting Asian players on the map. Oh, just no, like, yeah. Just like Ichiro did. Yeah. Like, I think no, Ichiro was one of the first Asian people. No, 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 no. Ichiro, Suzuki, like, they were the first generational Asian people that I remember in the MLB. And Otani is just killing it right now. And he is in my opinion, become the new standard and, like, the new face of Asians playing in baseball. Dude, like, I don't know if that's Asian. how you feel, but that's how I feel, you Mo- know, as, like, sure. someone for who's sure. part Asian. I mean, this guy is in – first of all, he's in, he's in an AL team where he doesn't have to hit as a pitcher, but he does. Exactly, anyway. and he chooses to. He chooses to anyway um, as a DH. Uh, he's only 26 years old. I mean, he's, he's making $3 million this year, but – He's going to get a $300 million. He's going to resign, bro, without a doubt with the season that he's had. He's going to have a bigger contract than uh, Fernando. Yeah, he's he is the future. I think he's going to be the face of the league. This guy, Babe Ruth, or sorry, um, CC Sabathia called him 
the best player he's ever seen. Like he's the greatest he's ever seen, which is some like really something if you think about it coming from CC who played with Derek Jeter, who went up against the David Ortiz's of the world, the Alex Rodriguez of the world. Like he's he's calling this guy the best player. And that like when I think bad. about the greatest players that I've ever seen play the game of baseball, like the my, like the people that come to my mind. Obviously, Derek Jeter, he's a he's a legend. He will he will go down in MLB history to be a legend. David Ortiz, um, Mookie Betts is one of them. Mike you know, Trout, when you're talking right? about the yeah, Mike Trout. Like when you talk about the Angels, Mike Trout putting Show uh, Shohei Otani in there, like absolutely makes every bit of sense. Especially seeing how he's played. Like people that I think are going to be on the uprise, like Fernando. I think, I think even though Fernando's on his uprise, I think Otani tops him right now, and that says a lot because he is one of my favorite players. Like, I know he's not on my team, you know, but Fernando Tatis is probably my favorite player, like in the MLB right now, right next to Mookie sure. Betts and Shohei Otani. Like, Fernando Tatis is my favorite player. I think Shohei Otani is like gonna be my favorite player probably in the next year because seeing what he's doing this season has been absolutely crazy. And, like, I'm going to a Padres game in the next couple of weeks, you know, because I'm going on vacation. But, bro, like, yeah, I, like, this is crazy to see. Like, this is, yeah, I'm definitely going to go, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the Southern area. So I'm definitely cop a Padres jersey. I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm going to definitely try to cop a Shelby Otani jersey because there is no way that I can leave the Southern area without two of those jerseys on my back. Like, he's without a doubt. He's a career uh, hitter. Is he's a two sixty nine career hitter, which is fair, pretty good for a guy who pitches. That's pretty good for time. a guy who's twenty six. Yeah, I mean, he had a, a one ninety last year, but he barely played. I mean, he was very he was injured all of last oh, year. So take this into perspective. I'm, yeah, I'm eighteen, right? Yeah. My sister is twenty one, and my girlfriend's older sister is twenty three. And she graduated in 2016. This man graduated in 2013, right? So he graduates high school, he goes to college, and then he goes and plays in the MLB, and now he's 26. He hasn't even hit 30. He's not even anywhere near his mid-30s. He's not even – you know, he's barely near the end of his 20s. At the end of his 20s, dude. Like, if you look at other players that we've seen right now, like, who are in their prime, that's absolutely crazy to see. Like, Bryce Harper, bro, like, he's not old. You know, don't get me wrong. He's not old. But for MLB standards to be 28, like, he's 28, right? Yeah. He's just hitting his prime. Oh, he's you – know? Shoney? He's 26. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Bryce Harper. Oh, Bryce, Bryce Harper, yes, yeah. Bryce Harper is 28. Like, he's just hitting his prime, right? Yeah. And then when you talk about Mike Trout, you know, he's he's a little bit on the older side, but still, you know, he's, he's putting MVP up there. He's 20, every year. He's MVP almost every year. He's 29. These are guys who are super fucking young still. Like, haven't even hit in their 30s. Mookie Betts, right? Mookie Betts is 28. Like, these are all guys that are barely hitting their prime. But when they were 26, they were not doing – what Shoni Otani was doing. No, not at all. Like, not at all. The only person I could think who was coming close to it was Mike Trout. Okay, but I know that maybe that, that Barry Bonds. Like, 
Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe very possible. Before the PDs, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't seem like a lot. Like a two-year difference or three-year difference, you're really thinking like, oh, how is that a lot? Think think about this. Like, that's a lot of time in the MLB. Like, when you're 35 in the MLB, like, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot to think about, you know? Yeah, for sure. But being 26 and doing what this kid is doing, that's absurd. So imagine what he's going to be doing when he's at the age of Mookie Betts or Mike Trout, or even Bryce Harper. Like, yes, it's a two-year difference, but their experiences are so different. Like, yeah. Mike Trout has been an MVP contender almost every year. So that's why I'm going to say that the only person who comes close to doing what Shoney Otani is doing is Mike Trout because he's done it and he's been consistent. But Mike, but Bryce Harper is not. Mookie Betts blew up on the scene two years ago when he – well, when he was, like, 27. So, yeah, it's a year difference, but think about it, like – that year really made a difference. It was his last year in Boston, his first year as an LA Dodger, where he really, really blew up, but he's not putting up the stats that Shoney Otani was. Yeah, for sure. And you know, think- even you know, even Fernando, like he's 22. He's an absolute breakout star. Like Fernando, that's why he's my favorite. Well, he's 22, right? So yeah. he's a super young guy. But I don't put him at the Shoney Otani level because what he's what Otani's doing, pitching, playing the outfield, hitting like raking, like raking absolute pitches to the fucking outfield. That is unheard of for any pitcher at the age of 26. Fernando's house is a shortstop. He's expected to do these things. That's why I think he's not on the level that Otani is. Because yeah. like you said, all he does is work. For but sure. in saying that, Fernando Tatis is still my favorite player. Like, I'm copying Fernando Tatis jersey when I'm in San Diego. Yeah, I feel that. No, I feel that. And I think Shoei Otani, I mean, the thing that sucks is that, Shoei, to be honest, Shoei, sorry, my bad. I, I think the only thing that sucks is, like, he will he will never be the face of the league, and I'll tell you why. Because typically, like, we see this in the NBA. We don't really see this in the NFL, but we see this in, like, boxing and MMA international guys in an mm. american sport uh, like they usually even if they're very good even if they're elite even if they're hall of famers they're never usually the face of the league like how we see like Giannis is not the face of the league uh luca is not the face of the league um and it's i mean i'm not saying young sh- way Koo. yeah i mean i'm I, young way Koo, bro like they're never gonna be the face of the league um Shohei otani like I mean, who's a kicker but still He's not even like the face of kickers, which sucks, even though he's like probably the best kicker in the league. But that's another conversation. Uh, yeah. Shohei Otani is like going to be going, he's going to go down, in my opinion, as a top 15 baseball player of all time, but he will just never be the face of the league. And that sucks because he can't speak. Like he, his English, of course, is not as great. He, needs, no. I think he still needs a translator, if I, if I remember correctly. Unless, until he learns how to speak English. And this is like not a racist thing or anything, but like until this is just facts. Like, in the in MMA, like guys, if you don't know how to speak English, like no one watches you. In the NBA, if you really don't know how to speak English, it's kind of hard to like relate to you. Same thing here. If he doesn't like learn English, it's really hard. To be fair, David Ortiz never really learned English, but he he knew English shit talk. That's what made him like really of staple. Yeah, same, same with Cespedes. When I think about it, like same with Cespedes, like he didn't really know English. And but he knew hard, how to talk bro. shit anyway. And it, it's unf- it's definitely same with unfair. Canelo. Yeah, it's unfair. Same with to Canelo. These guys. It's definitely unfair to those guys because they're not the face of the sport when they should be. Canelo's 
Yeah. I mean, like, like Ortiz if, was the face of the sport, and like Canelo's the face of his sport now. But, but yeah, even I, that, I 100% like, see what you're right. yeah. like Shohei Otani. Yeah. But let's I think, get, I think like, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, the Angels are so inept. I don't know what it is, but like, their roster is not bad. Like, let's be like, you have show, you have bike. You're halfway there. Honestly, you're halfway there. And then you have, you know, Rendon, who spent millions of dollars on, who's still a pretty good third baseman. Um, you know who they should, they should really go out and grab Josh Donaldson. I know he's like, he's kind of old now, but I mean, they, they, Josh they got Donaldson. Players. Uh, they, you, I mean, you still have, um, you have Dexter Fowler, you have Justin Upton, two vets who've been in this league, who've won championships. Like, like you got Josh Donaldson wants out, man. So why is it, you know, why would it be so hard for them to go out and get him? I don't know. I just, I just, the Angels, they're so good at finding talent, but they're so bad at putting bad. it together. They're awful. Putting it all together. They're awful. They, when is the last time they made the playoffs? I got to look that up because I, I, I don't remember the play, The Angels are ever being playoffs. Great question. Um, Whoa. You're lying. You're lying. He's not their catcher. Um, they were last. <gasps> in the what playoffs. the fuck? Chris Suzuki is still playing. I brought this guy up earlier. I know he's still playing. The last Angels. time they were in the playoffs was 2014. They've been in Bro. the playoffs ten times in 59 seasons. Like this is. Homie, you're telling me you have Suzuki and Shelby on the same team? It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. You have two. Asian legends on the same team. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I thought Suzuki retired like a year ago. I mean, he's still going, man. He's still going. Um, he's eight. a legend. Him, him, and uh, Ichiro. Ichiro's a fucking legend, dude. They're legends. They're, they're... I'm sad. I never got to see Ichiro like play in real life. I love Ichiro. I love Ichiro. I love. Um, I've I've loved. I still love you, you Darvish. Even though he's like not what he used to be, still love him. Uh-huh. Still, still the best. Um, but no, the A's, like I never got to see Ichiro, which makes me so sad. Ichiro was iconic, bro. That, that guy was iconic. Like I know one of the best to ever do it. But um, yeah, the A's are in first right now. Astros in second. That whole division's kind of me- the Mariners are better than the Angels. What the fuck? Um, like okay, and then the White Sox. Uh, I want to get on them a little bit. They've been very good uh, this season. I thought. I mean, Tim Anderson is my favorite player. Um, he's probably the best shortstop in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's it's like, I I love that guy. I mean, the guy literally pimps home runs. I mean, it's something about like batters who like are not afraid to show up pitchers. I think I just attract to them because I'm not like an old school baseball guy where like I love the yeah. you know, singles and the doubles and like you know I hit a home run and I just like walk. Um, I love the guys who are just like the next generation who are just they don't give a fuck. They're savages and Tim Anderson's a fucking savage. Um, he's hit very well this year. I've been following him for a minute. Um, just a few minor guy, few minor teams who we should keep our eye on. The Cubs are actually tied for first in the NL Central. They could be uh, making a play. I mean, I should, uh, of course that miraculous play that was today where uh, mm-hmm. Javi Baez uh, finessed uh, a, a steal and a home run, and a, uh, sorry, and a, and a run. Um, that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, Phillies are. They're in the hunt. They're still. They're only two and a half games back in the Mets. Jake Degrom is having a great season. I don't know if you've been following him. Uh, he's definitely going to win Cy Young, but um, he's going to. Pro- he's in the running for MVP for sure. 
guys having a tremendous season. Do you think that we're going to see more because of the popularity of these guys? Do you think we're going to see more Otani jerseys out and about and more like Fernando Tatis? You know, when you talk about these young players on the uprise, Fernando Tatis is on the cover of MLB 21 at the age of 22. We're definitely going to see more of these these guys. I mean, like you said, we've brought up three already. Tim Anderson, Shohei Otani, and um, Fernando Tatis. Um, they're all going to be in there. Like they're, I mean, I, I mean, guys who are also on the come up, Adalas Garcia, who, who plays the Rangers, is having a great year. Um, Aaron, I mean, I think Aaron Judge is part. I would say he's part of that that era. He's still a young guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, See, it's like Fernando, like his, like his rise to superstar. You know, like, status reminds me a lot of like Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes is only twenty five. He's in his fourth year of the league. Like he's gonna come up on his fifth. That is not okay, in my opinion. Like that's so scary to think about. Like he's twenty five. Imagine if he plays till he's thirty eight or like thirty six. Yeah, dude. What about like, Vlad Guerrero? What they're gonna compliment exactly? Like, like these what guys are great. Acuna from the Braves. Like this whole generation is is so good. It's a new generation of like ball players you know yeah i mean this kind of reminds me of um the early 2000s when and like, had, like and not to mention like Jacques peterson he's only 29 like yeah. this man is absolutely crazy same with chris bryant like he came in on the league not that long ago but i think he's like 28 29 he's 29 i think i for me that's another guy who's absolutely fucking crazy for me there's guys like who are nearing 30 so trout harper um, Chris Bryant, I think to me, those guys are like a different, not to say they're not young, but like they're a different era. Like they're, they're their own era to me. Like they're guys who've been in the league for yeah. a little bit. They've had success already. I think guys like Tatis, like Guerrero, like Tim Anderson, um, like Otani, those guys are like, those are like a, a step below. Like those are the guys who are like just getting their feet wet, just getting to like the point where they can be, fit like we're just seeing them grow before our eyes and i think that's awesome to see um this garcia kid though from texas no joke i watched a little bit of him um but he's currently fourth in um some some of these polls that are um done for the award races but yeah um it's a great it's been a great year uh the reds also have two mvp candidates i don't know if you've been watching the reds lately jesse winker and nick castellanos i've watched castellanos for sure um yeah, this is this is. I don't know. I've I've loved this season so far. I loved it, even though people are saying it's boring because of pitching. Love it. I fucking love it. I think everybody's great. I think it's all it's all good. Um, people are just mad because they can't hit what they can't see. Exactly. I mean, this is kind of like the opposite of a steroid era where like people are pimping home runs every game. But hey, I mean, the guy the guys who are actually hitting home runs and the guys who are actually getting hits, you gotta applaud them. I mean, it's Sander Bogarts is also should be in the running this guy's been amazing this season he's been the constant for the red sox um but yeah and that's uh mlb is pretty crazy this has just been something special very special for sure very that's special. what it is it's just been something special man yeah and uh yeah i think that uh kind of wraps up we'll end it on that note um happy note of course great mlb season so far um but yeah um any any shout outs you got for us uh cj before we go um, 
Nah, man. Not really. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go back onto my dog grind. You know, shout out to the dog. I was at work today and there was this beautiful, beautiful husky. And it was a red Siberian. And I gave it a puppuccino because it deserved it and it was cute as fuck. So to the lady who came through the Panera drive through I don't remember your name, to be honest. And your dog was really cute. So I gave your dog a puppuccino. Uh, I Shout out to that. all the people who have lovely dogs. I fuck with that for sure. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, I'll give a shout out real quick. Uh, I want to shout out the uh, uh I want to shout out Tani first of all because that guy's a beast, and you know yeah. we talked about him a lot, and he's you know of course the greatest. Uh, I want to shout out the McDonald's out here in Livermore. They've been doing great service. I was there uh early <laughs> this morning. Uh, as, as you this know, is the same McDonald's you talk shit about, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they this is actually, the same McDonald's you talk shit about. This is the McDonald's that held me up for thirty minutes for two hash browns. But hey, they sucked. I mean, I was there this morning and um, I, they forgot. So I was mad at first because they forgot that I ordered three hash browns. They gave me one, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" I go, I walk back in there. The guy, the manager, actually gives me six. He doubled my hash browns, so he gave me six hash browns and he gave me a free orange juice. Shout out to McDonald's. Yeah, I was throwing a tantrum. What is it with you and your fucking hash browns always missing, Nathan? I don't, I don't, I, I just don't know. I mean, I so what? To- so what was your original? That's that's what I want to know. What was your OG order? My my actual order for McDonald's breakfast is just three hands, three hash browns. That's it. That's all you eat. Three hash. I do not like McDonald's breakfast. Like, like their actual breakfast. But like you will eat the hash browns. I will eat their hash browns. But I will not eat their sandwiches. Their hash browns are fire. Don't like ketchup on that on the hash browns. That's fire. And all, yeah, their, all their other sandwiches are disgusting. I'm sorry. Their, their breakfast sandwiches are nasty. I'd rather go to get... Uh, this is a debate we'll have after the show, but... <laughs> yeah. AM Crunchwrap from Taco Bell is where, where it's at um, for breakfast, at least for fast food. But uh, yeah, I, I would like to shout out uh, the Express. They are on. Mm. We are uh, finished with the semester, but we have been kind of putting out a bunch of stuff on Spotify and on Apple. So uh, two guys, one ring. Sir, shout yeah. out the Express. We have the Jacob Morton interview. Um, that's a great interview. If you want more in depth, check out CJ's article on the Express. That's on there. Um, yes, so yeah, we have our interview with him. That's on uh, the Express Podcast Network on Spotify, on Apple. Go check us out. Um, and then the Express Podcast by Lexi uh, Ramirez and Brandon Byrne. They had a whole great, like a pretty good uh, episode. I love the episode um, on the FBI investigation um, with Alicia Cavacla, who is amazing top-notch writer check that out and i believe west coast hockey if you guys follow it so far yeah. coming out episode three sometime next week so that's we we on the grind here uh we're gonna be podcasting all fucking yes. summer um i actually do want to shout out one more guy he has been a loyal fan since day one bro this guy's been a loyal fan since day one and i feel the need to shout him out like i saw this tweet earlier today Shout out, you know him personally. I've never met him before, but shout out this boy to him, bro. We gotta get him on the so, podcast one time. I'll get him on the podcast. I know for for the people that we for people that don't know, there's this guy. His name is Tim, and I think he went to high school with Nathan. I'm pretty sure he did. Yep. But he's been watching, listening, reading our shit since day one. Like this guy has been one of our biggest supporters, and I want to just like shout him out because obviously that means a lot to me, Nathan. 
as you know people who put our heart and souls out into like this game but shout out to him for always being there and like listening to every episode and giving us feedback on whatever it may be but dude shout out to him for always listening but shout out to him 4.0 for the last three semesters he works two jobs and now he's going to cal state fullerton in the fall like dude shout out shout out you you know when you hear this episode man like Yes, Me and Nate sir. are proud of you, but like always thank you. Like yes, thank you always for supporting our, you know, our show and our writing. Like that means a lot to us. That means definitely. So that's means that's gonna be my last shout out, man. Like yeah. shout out Sim. Like I've never met you in real life, but for like every piece of um every piece of feedback you ever gave us, like we enjoy. Yeah, shout out to Tim. Tim has literally been reading my stuff. He's been like following our episodes, and I, I really enjoy that. I love that. Um, yeah, so shout out to Tim. Love you, brother. Uh, we'll see you soon. But uh, yeah, if you want to check us out more, of course, we'll still be on the LPC Express. I mean, I'm going to be writing all yeah. summer. So y'all could check us out there. Also, I would like to shout out one special person. Last one. Uh, I want to shout out the new EIC of the Express. My partner, CJ. What's, come on, man. This is, That's good. This is the new. You're like, you are listening to the new EIC. The editor in chief. The new uh, editor in chief. Uh, the Las Yeah, CJ was on one of the first to bring up the podcast idea to the Express. He's already. I already see the innovation uh, going on with with the Express, and he'll be uh, back next semester, taking on that role at VSC. So shout out to you, CJ. We will, uh, of course, he'll be sticking around. I won't be, but I will definitely be on He'll the definitely podcast. Still have his ear in the door. You know yeah, I'll, dude, I'll be I'm beyond this. I'm beyond this. But um, yeah, man, uh, that was that was kind of our episode. Um, you can always again check us out everywhere. You know where to find us at this point. We've said it every fucking time. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We will catch y'all uh, when thank we catch you. y'all. Peace out. Plug plug uh plug your plug your socials, homie. Oh yeah, at Nathan Cantalow, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me on OT Heroics Basketball. I just wrote an article about um, the play-in tournament. Uh, you could check check that out. Just type in my name into the into the uh, search box. You can find that. Um, but yeah, uh, what about you, CJ? Uh, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at CJ underscore McCam Fours. Tweet at me. I'm gonna plug my new website that actually dropped. I made this for a class, but I'm gonna take this very seriously because it's for my photography and everything that I put on the floor. So cjmcamfors.wixsite.com slash photography. You can catch all the work that I've done this year. Portraits, football, LPC soccer, everything that I've done. My nature photos are out there too, all taken on my old camera. I've got a new camera coming up for y'all in the new semester can't wait for y'all to see all that oh yeah that dude yeah that's that's definitely a plug that's a warranted uh go check that website out for sure that's gonna be uh well i'll probably i'll I'll have you send me the link i'll put that in the description so check that out i'm gonna send you the link right now oh yeah for sure check that out um make sure you guys follow us and yeah tune in uh whenever we see you guys next thanks y'all peace out